Welcome to another episode of Salvation Solutions, where we believe that salvation is the solution to all aspects of life. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor Deep. So let's start our podcast today talking about current events. A lot to talk about. <laughs> A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. Does anyone have any thought that they just want to put out there right now? Did anybody? Uh, I mean, obviously, the biggest thing is the, the riot, right? Yeah. The, the, the protest. <laughs> Although it's been stated the that. The act that, of terror. Well, okay. the, it, it's been stated now the that that's what we're going to call it. But right. the initial news state called it riots. They called it, you know, protesting and things of that sort, right? Like, like there was some dignity behind it. Uh, <laughs> but but I had read about um, I guess Biden's granddaughter or something like that yes. tweeted him or texted him or something like that to to ask him to speak out and change the 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 um, the narrative on this to make sure that we're not referring to these people as, as protesters. Uh, but instead referring to them as terrorists the same way. How old is his daughter? Anybody know how old his daughter is? Mm-mm. Okay, go. Um, the, the same way that the Black Lives Matter movement was referred to as terrorists, right? Um, I'm not sure what the numbers were for, you know, the amount of people being shot during that time, but only one person got shot during this situation. Mm. One. Wait, mm. you talking about the riot? Yeah. It's, it's five dead. It's five dead now? It's five dead. Okay, last I heard. How, how did they die? Um, all, all I know is about the... I shouldn't say that. The one that got shot in the in the neck, a police officer, um, someone had hit him with a fire extinguisher in his face when he was trying to have the have the protesters stand back, and he succumbed to his um, injuries a day after. Oh, so I wow. know about those two. The other three, they did say that they sustained injuries and that they succumbed to their injuries as well. I just don't know if they got trampled over or got oh, hit. I'm not sure gosh. about that, but yeah. it was five. That's dead now. I was really. Oh, she's 39. Thirty nine. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking. I was child. really just referring to police shooting people, because. Oh, okay. I mean, How many police? Well, oh, that's in, the secret in, service. In, in in the Black Lives Matter movement, it was people getting maced like crazy and, oh, and yeah. hosed and all that kind of stuff. Right. But in this situation, everybody who well, majority of the people got injured got injured because it was just utter chaos. There, there was right. no control. People got trampled. People got you know hit in the yeah. face with fire extinguishers stuff like yeah. that. But the interaction in the Black Lives Matter movement was specifically governmental figures versus the people. Right. You know, whatever they felt was necessary to control the people, they 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 did that, right? Right. And uh, you know, even even here in Buffalo, that that old man that fell and hit his head. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, th- I mean, that was a result of a governmental policy enforcement agency upon the people, right? Right. In this particular situation, only one person that, I, that I've heard so far has, has suffered something like that from a governmental policy enforcement agency. Mm-hmm. One of all the people that stormed a governmental building, broke windows, broke whatever they needed to break to get into this place. And only one person retained any injuries from a governmental policy enforcement agency. That would be the lady, the, 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 the person that got shot, the As lady that got shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her name is Ashley. Everybody's Ashley. making, you know, everybody has an opinion on it because she was, uh, she served in our government. Mm. So they're like, you know, they shot someone who was serving our government. Okay, well, yeah, she they was also asked to stop. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they didn't know that. They're they on the other side of the room. They see right. people trying to come into a room where, they're, where they ain't got no other way out but through that door. Mm. And they're trained, listen, that's the only way out. 
Give him a warning. Give him a warning. Cause that's the only way. If they breach that door, we're done. Yeah. Okay. You want to keep I, pulling on the handle? Uh, right. Right. I, I I bring all this up to say this. I, I think, and, and I think I texted you this. There's no better time for a message oh, yeah. like this to yeah, be did. out now. You did because the same perception that I just presented to you is across the nation now. Right. For people who who don't know the facts, like we just talked about, and, and can can really go into detail about what has come out about it, you know, and there's still probably a lot that we don't know because a lot of this stuff gets covered up anyway. Yeah. But the bottom line of that is, we're we're now beginning to brim to to the surface, and and, and we're approaching that point of everything starting to bubble over and, and really fall into chaos. And I. A message like this, you know, reparations and, and, and how to how to restore our nation yeah. through repairing the people who were who, who have been, you know, destitute and wronged and, 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 and beaten and broken for, for, for decades and generations. You know, this is the perfect time for it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, to your point, you know, the one thing that I think hasn't been revealed as it relates to reparations is how that would bring a healing to all America, healing the America racial divide. When the Lord gave me this, you know, I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective. But when I was when I was thinking about a subtopic for the for the book that came up to me, this will bring healing to America. Not only will it repair black America and empower black America, but it will bring healing to all America. And I got into it a little bit in our millennial conversation about the the pain and the suffering and the hurt on the inside of white America and those who are white supremacists and those who are who express racial epithets and, and, and racial actions. There, there's a sickness or a disease on the inside of them that they need to be healed of. And when you when you when you have healing for a repair for black America, a healing will take place for all America. Uh, I don't think black America will have any problem uh, forgiving white America once a true repentance and repair takes place. I just believe in the soul of black America, us as a people uh, to be able to be willing to forgive. Now, you, again, I'm generally speaking, you're going to have some folk who are just as you know, a radical that they ain't want to have nothing to do with white folk. But but I believe generally speaking, you're going to have a, a America that goes through a healing process because white America has stepped up and taken responsibility for repenting and repairing uh, black America for all the years of suffering and oppression that has been afflicted upon us. And that's going to bring a healing to all America. That's going to put us in a place where America becomes the the true um, uh, America that God intended for it to be, uh, a place where all nations can gather together and bring all of their um, God-given abilities together and produce a, a society where where uh, love reigns, a society where, you know, where um, the kingdom of God is is brought to the forefront, you know, where the sons of God can be manifested and lead this nation into being a prominent nation. And so I do I do agree with you that this is the uh, the perfect time for it. This is an opportune time for it. And it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that it's not just me that God is speaking to, but there's others in the body of Christ that God is using. Uh, there's others, other organizations uh, specifically. We're going to talk a little bit about the um, ADOS, the American Descendants of Slaves that God is using uh, Sister Yvette and, and Brother Tony, Antonio to bring awareness. That's the, that's the biggest key first is awareness, is to bring awareness. That's interesting you say awareness because this thought popped in my head while you were speaking. Um, it was, it was a, a white woman that asked on Facebook, 
She said, well, do you not think that I experience racism? And someone had to correct her and telling her that white people can't experience racism because it's a it's an economic mm -hmm. systemic thing. So there there are there are white citizens out there that feel that that may feel as if we are honestly on the same level, like the like like we're playing from the same the yeah. same field right. and everything. So how but do they, you, they deceive? But but. <laughs> I mean, right. but for but before before a, a white person to to ask that, like how bad? And and I'm not saying ignorance in in, in the term of you know something it just means negative. Not to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but how much of of how big are their ignorance when it comes to yeah you know well, our history and theirs? Right. I think I think part of part of their ignorance is the reason why they're not for reparations. For black America. The conversation I just told you all about that I wasn't sure that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. In that conversation, I began to share some historical facts about the denomination that they were part of. And they were like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. 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 You didn't know that. I know you didn't know that. Or you would have said it to me. But but part of part of the history of of America has been hidden, not just from black folk, but from white folk. Like they they they've brainwashed white America into thinking that they've been this perfect, pristine uh, um, na nationality that's giving black folk everything they need to succeed. They just don't take advantage of it. That's the narrative that they pushed on white America. That's not in that upper echelon. Right. Remember, the government, the government, part of the the white supremacist design of a governmental structure is because the masses are stupid. The masses don't know better. So we got to protect the masses from themselves. So they, 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 they propagate or give a, 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 a disseminate information that they want us to think along those lines so that they can, we can feel about, about uh, our government, or our nation, the way, the way they want us to think about it. And those are the people you, you're mentioning that a lot of the white folks that I've been talking to about the book, when I begin to go into the history of the maltreatment and the oppression that that has been systemically and, and, and governmentally administered. It's like, where you get that from? It's in the history. It's in the book. They wrote it down. It's just go look at it. Like when you talk to people about like most folk ain't never read the Constitution. Mm -hmm. When you talk to people about, you know, you know what I say about the Constitution, that it's, it's a very racist document. It's, it's, it's rooted in white supremacy. And you begin to bring stuff out about it. It's like. Oh, say that. Yeah, say that <laughs> you need to read it. Yeah. Like so. So. I think the ignorance of white America is what contributes to their their initial response to reparations. And I'm, and I'm specifically speaking about the church here now. I expect folks who don't know God, who hasn't experienced the love of God, who don't know faith. Right. But when we talk about the church, because I really believe the book is to the church first. Then it's then it's to, to all society. But when you have believers who claim to love God and know God and want God and express the will of God and the kingdom of God, who don't understand this and don't see this, something's really wrong. Something's really wrong with the church when we are at a point to where we don't recognize the, the true history of, of our, the America we're a part of and the church's history as it relates to racial relations. It's, it's, it's not as, as pretty a picture as we right. paint it. And so we have to we have to deal with that. That's 
No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So then that's probably why some white people feel as if affirmative action is like <laughs> <laughs> It's a joke. <laughs> anyway, go They're ahead. like, but you guys have have, have affirmative right. action. I'm right. like, you don't understand why that's there though. Right. So okay. Yeah, so they think affirmative action is enough. Well affirmative action that's just that's just a pacifier. Right. And again, um, I don't know all the details of of what went into that, but it's just it's just a pacifier to to, um, you know, appease, you know, black America, which which is OK. That's good. Which is OK. Um, it's uh, it's um, it's just not enough. It's not enough. You know, the, the most recent H.R. 40 bill, a House Resolution 40 that was uh, initiated by uh, uh, Congressman John Conyers and I was being carried through by by Sister Celia Jackson. Even that's not enough. You know, the American descendants of slaves and Antonio and, and, and Miss Yvette, they're, they're, they have an a, a amendment or an addendum to that and they've revised it. And, and, and so I think that's that's the document that we really need to we really need to, uh, you know, look at in, in a more comprehensive way. You know, but, you know, not to knock, you know, uh, uh, affirmative action. White folks got affirmative action. As a matter of fact, the Constitution is the first it's affirmative a- action plan instituted by America. And that was for white folks. Yeah. So just like you saying black folks got an got a, 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 affirmative action plan, yeah. white folks got the first one. And, there, and, there's, and, there's, and, there's, and theirs was much more comprehensive and much more economically uh, beneficial than yeah. black folks. I have a question, actually. Yeah. Um, so... Having a conversation a little bit about this earlier uh, during a studio session um, this week, and um, the conversation came up of okay, well, if we did get reparations, um, you know, should should that money be kept here in America, or should we take that back to our homeland and empower that country and that continent and and grow our 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 culture there? Like, what's, what are your thoughts on I, that? I, that's a great, that, I love the idea. I know I'm, I'm planning on investing in some property, property in Africa at some point, whether I get reparations or not, mm-hmm. right? But reparations would be something that, that could jumpstart, you know, me personally, but I think, I think that, that should be something we think about as a black people, right? Going back and, and, and investing in Africa and investing in the world's richest continent. I mean, it, I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Mr. Hare, who, you know, um, we know he actually invests a lot of his uh, spending power in buying from Africa and imports and stuff like that. So he's directly connected. There are there are organizations now that are directly connected to uh, Africa, um, resource, African resources. And we, we can go online now and buy things today that we can be supportive of black of African businesses over there in Africa now. So I, I do like the idea of it. You know, whether or not you'll get a mass movement or a um, or a, uh, a great deal of people who migrate back to Africa and establish roots there, you know, is, is in question. I mean, I, I, I'm open to it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, but, you know, it's I think it's still going to have to be a thing that happens amongst individuals. You know, I, I know for me personally, as I said, I, I plan on making some kind of investment uh, in real estate and development. You know, it's just when the time right reparations will give black America as a whole the spending power and the ability to do that. If that's what is if we if we can organize enough. Right. Right. First thing we got to do is organize enough to make some specific demands upon this administration that we put in office. I'm talking about I'm talking about the House, the Senate, the presidency. 
like black America, you know, we went, we went all in this year. Well, speaking of us having to organize, so if we do organize, what is our ask and what does the book say about that? Well, um, as Airman's brought out, the timing of the book couldn't be, couldn't be better. You know, I wanted to actually come out a little earlier, but now I'm, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I, I mean, you know, we've been talking, we've been talking for two months. Like we made reference last week, 2021. But I think the timing, <laughs> the timing of it couldn't be better because now that we know that the Democratic Party will be in both control of the House and the Senate, um, they can basically push through any piece of legislation they want, regardless of how well the Republicans like it or not. Uh, I think one Rich brought out in our men's meeting that you know you don't, you still only have to deal with the filibuster concept, but you know that can be overcome too. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Well, that? basically, filibusters when 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 a when a le piece of legislation has passed, there's still this this last ditch effort to um, overthrow what's been what's been passed okay. through a through a, a a process of you know um, determining. Or, or, or disintegrating this particular, you know, piece of legislation that that can be carried out by the government officials, you know, uh, that that lead that cause. So, I I still don't think that's enough. Black America is in a position, and we use the word ask, but I'm saying demand some specific things. I think anything short of, and it's not just me. I'm talking about Dr. Claude Anderson, Dr. William Darity. These are men. Dr. William Darity is a leader, leading economist in the world, but he is the leader in uh, the, the fight for reparations, uh, ADOS, and, and, and Brother Antonio and, and Sister Yvette. And you got a lot of uh, this new organization that I'm now part of. It's called the National Coalition of Churches for Reparations. You know, we are, I mean, there's, there's a rumbling taking place. There's a rumbling taking place. There's a rise taking place within the church and without of the church organizations, reparations has to be the unified ask or demand. That's first. If we don't go in there asking for that now, because that's the key to everything else. All the other things we want to see reformed is the key to that is being in the power, in a position economically to, to wield the power to say, if you don't do this, we're not supporting this with our vote or with the volume of wealth that we have. We're not supporting it. And part of us understanding how to play the political game is the, the politicians are moved by who got the money. That's who they're moved by. They're moved by who paid who paid the bill to get me here. Like who paid the bill for me to run all the ads and do all the stuff we did and put all the people on the ground and pay all. Who paid the bill for this? That's what we got to take care of first. Once we realize this, that that's how the game is played, that they're going to respect those and honor those who pay who got the money. Well, reparations will put us in a position where we're not dependent upon what they what they put in the legislation. We can go now out saying we got enough resources and economic resources where we got enough money to where we listen. If y'all don't if y'all don't do it, that's okay. We don't need you. Right. right? And we'll we'll see you when it comes time to vote. I think I think we got two years before those Senate seats are up for vote again, which will determine how much control they have. Within this next year and a half to two years, we need to say, listen, you need to you need to put forth an effort to get this reparations bill passed. Or we'll see you in two years at the Senate at the at the at the uh, at the Senate race, and and if you don't do right, brother Joe, then you can forget about. Oh, really? The Democrat. It's really in this case, when it comes to the senatorial race, it'll be for the Democratic Party. But when the presidential race come around, you know, if if Sister Kamala and brother Joe don't do right, okay, we got something for you. So you spoke about the National Coalition of Churches of for Re Re 
rep reparations. Yeah. Is that a group of black churches or black and white? Well, I, I don't know a lot about it now. I just I just signed up this week. I've been doing looking at it, researching. From what I can see, from what I can see thus far, it is predominantly black churches. But I don't know. They didn't they didn't have a listing of how many organizations was involved. But based off of some of the stuff that I've saw seen on YouTube and and and, and read about. I do think there is some white participation, but I think it's a predominantly black organization, black membership now. Uh, but but the movement, the movement has just begun, you know, and I think I think the position that black America is in, if we don't if we don't demand reparations now, then we can't blame anybody else going forward. I don't know when the last time that the Democratic Party has been in control of both the House and yeah, the Senate. That's been a while. But 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 the 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 social justice awareness movement that's taking place, right? The systemic oppression that is, that is being acknowledged and being pointed out in every facet of of of, of society, man. If, if we don't if we don't go in here and fight for reparations and make that our initial foundational demand, then 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 we can't we can't we can't blame nobody but ourselves. So then let's let's tra transition because you were talking about, you know, if these people don't do what we do, then we need to get them out of there. So right. let's talk about the change in administration right now. Yeah. yeah. So Donald Trump has came out and said after everything, hey, I'll be peaceful. I'll make sure. Finally. Peaceful. Even though transition. it was cursed, even though I believe he was cursed <laughs> into doing it. I mean, listen, man, you either do right or we get you up out of there. But listen, a lot of people resigned. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, his yeah. folks resigned and everything from from uh, from under him. They're yeah, out. Yeah. So does everyone believe now that there will be a peaceful transition to the next administration? Once he he pretty much conceded late last year, right? Like he, he wasn't going to try to pursue the lawsuit and, and all that stuff and mm -mm. try to get the recount done. He was. Well, I mean, well, I mean, he, he might have said that on, on the surface, <laughs> but he. I mean, his actions last, this last week show you different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he he. Um, I I don't know how accurate this is, but I, I was talking to you know uh, Rich, and I think he said, I think Rich even said he wouldn't. He's not showing up at the inauguration. I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I thought that. Yeah, I thought I saw that. I thought too. I heard that too. But yeah. at, at any rate, I mean, I think, you know, uh, he's really irrelevant right now to be quite frank. I mean, his antics, it is what it is. Like, like, you know, I understand being a sore loser. You know, I think he's taking it to, to a whole nother degree. A whole nother level. Because I hate losing too. But, but, I mean, I, I really don't think, I'm not surprised by a lot of the things that's taking place because, you know, I mean, a man who's been as privileged as he has isn't used to being told, no, we don't want you. Or no, we don't need you. Or no, get up out of here. And, this is the response of, you know, a child when you take away their toy. They're they going to they gonna scream, they're going to rant, they're going to rave, they're going to kick, they're going to, you know, roll over on the ground and do all the stuff they do. And so, I mean, I, I you know, I mean, there's no excusing it, but I, 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 he's not even really the fault. I, I wish black America, like, that's over with. That, that's over with. Let's not waste our energy and our time feeding into that foolishness anymore. That's over with, man. That, that's over with. We How do you feel about, about the safety of Biden? And I only say this because my mother said, you know, Aviance, it's interesting that when we had Obama in office and, you know, when, he, when him and Michelle was walking down that street, all of us was kind of anxious, like, is anybody about to shoot? You know, just thinking about everything. But she she actually thinks that Biden is actually more in danger than Obama is when it comes well, to Well, I get that. But I think it's actually the contrary. Okay. Here's why. Because if he go down, who becomes president? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> right. They don't want that. Yeah. They don't want that. Unless they plan on taking both of them out. Well, okay. They don't want that. Well, I think he's, a, he, his, his, they looking at this thing like, well, if we take him out, she up. Nah, we don't want that. So I think he's pretty safe. So you don't think that she can be kind of controlled by the people around her? If, if it was just well, her Well, you got to think about it. The people who are thinking about taking him out, them people that don't want to see anything black in there. So I don't think it's about them thinking she can be controlled more than it is about the, the, uh, the supremacist mindset and the image that that would represent. Right. And what that would say to America. Like, we got a black woman as our president? No, no. <laughs> No, we ain't having that. No, I, I think, you know, obviously there is there's still the the, um, the the chance of, you know, somebody being foolish enough to try to take him out yeah. um, because they may have a plan. We're going to get him first and her second. That could be the thought. But I think I think more than anything that the idea of him over her will prevent a lot of the, you know, um, thought process of, of, of elimination from that perspective. So I, I think I think he is I think he's OK. You know, I think, again, the focus for um, for us and in this in this position right now is 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 uniting on one demand right now. Reparations, you know, and that's reparations. And you know, I think our biggest challenge is going to be the the career, the black career politicians who who aren't willing to run the risk of being ostracized by their colleagues in those governmental positions. And saying, this is what my people need. Mm -hmm. We need to be repaired. We need to be, we need to be, we need a stimulus package, right? And when you break it down like that, when you look at reparations as an economic stimulus package, then, then, then white America, you've been getting stimulus packages since the beginning. <laughs> That's all it is. It's a stimulus package. It's something to stimulate black America's economy. From day one, you've been getting stimulus packages from 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 the two million billion acres of land that you got for free to everything after that, from the GI bills to homestead acts to, you know, constitution to, you know, the the governmental institution of legalized slave. I mean, everything you've been getting stimulated economically from the very beginning. OK. Well, let's take the word control that you said a little while ago. And let me pass it over to you now. Speaking of control, this vaccine. <laughs> let's talk about how they may be trying to control us through this, through this vaccine. So what, what was your thoughts with that? So the, 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 the Senate race that happened, um, you know, the, the way that they have, uh, the way that the Democrats have pretty much majority hold now over, um, you know, passing policy policies and, and bills and stuff like that now because of, um, you know, the, the, the split being uh, the well, the, the deciding vote now would fall on the vice president if they ever split. Um, there's a there's there's been word of a bill now that's supposed to come out where they are going to make. Uh, obtaining a passport or they're just going to come out with a new passport that that you can only obtain if you take the vaccine. And when you look at what that really forces people to be in a position of you're you're stuck here. You, you can't go anywhere. You can't you can't leave the country at all because you won't be able to get back in unless you take this vaccine. The trickle down effect from there would fall to, OK, 
now it, it's already been decided that it's a federal thing that you need to take the vaccine in order to have certain freedoms. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's next? Mm-hmm. Employment. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, other other, you know, civil liberties that, that we take for granted now that are going to be dictated as, OK, well, if you don't take the vaccine, you can't go to the movies. You know what I mean? You can only enter certain facilities if you take the vaccine. You can't enter governmental establishments without taking the vaccine because it's for your safety, right? This is this is what they're going to they're going to put in our faces and say it's for your safety. There's a guy uh there there's a guy who is um he he owns an organization and he's come out and publicly stated that uh he he's going to require his employees to take the vaccine. Or they're going to have to find a, a, a job elsewhere, right? Now that's illegal. I'm going to say that's that's illegal. That's that's illegal. You can't actually do that, right? Mm-hmm. But as we talked about, these it, it's not going to be on him to disprove it. It's going to have to be on the employee to prove it, mm-hmm. right? So he's holding all the cards. Not only that, but he has federal and state government ties. So this is not. This is this is an agenda. It's not just, you know, one guy deciding to do these things. It's it's a it's a it's an agenda of a group that's trying to put systems in place to get this vaccine into people. Mm. Mm. Right. Do you feel like this whole agenda may try to overshadow our agenda? Well, yeah, anything they can do to get the attention off of repairing black America, they're going to try to do, you know, now more than any. And based off everything we've been talking about today and something that I wanted to touch on now more than any, I think it's time for there to be a manifestation of the church, not of the prophet, the doctor, the bishop, the evangelist, you know, the the, you know, the elder, most potent, whatever they all the titles we give ourselves. It's time for the manifestation of sons. See, God's heart is after sons. Sonship, the spirit of sonship. And I, and, I, and I say that specifically because sonship is genderless. Sonship speaks to the believer, both male and female. Right. A, a sister can operate in the spirit of sonship just as much as a, as a brother can operate in the spirit of sonship. The Bible talks about he's given the spirit of, of adoption whereby we cry Abba. Right. Abba is the most intimate, intimate term that we can use to express our intimacy, our relationship with Father God. Well, the manifestation of the sons of God will deal with what you're talking about. They won't allow that. that. That's foolishness. The manifestation of the sons of God won't, won't allow uh, society to be strong armed by any group or society or sector of people to force us to do something that's that violates our right to choose. Like, like we need a, a manifestation and, and the church of God needs to understand we need a manifestation of sons. We got all these other titles we want to give ourselves. We got all these different aspects that, that we want to that we want to glorify when sonship is the highest level of walking with God It's sonship. God is after sons to as many as believe to as many as believe gave he power to become sons. Huyos, not technos. Well, actually, two, technos and huyos, which is the two Greek words that express the idea of sonship. One is to a son that's under the tutors and governors that's becoming. The other is one who's been given placement and authority to say, this is what the will of God is and this is what we're going to see take place. Sonship is what is the world is waiting for. The whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of sons. True sons of God will, will, will walk in a righteousness that establishes justice, that establishes order, that judges and brings decrees down against situations like this. That ain't right. and It shouldn't be allowed. But you got to have a level of authority. You got to have a boldness. You got to have something behind you. 
right? In Hebrews, the first chapter, the eighth verse says, but unto the son, he said, thy throne, O God, is forever, ever a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of justice is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. See, God is looking for sons that he can push to the forefront. 2021 is a year of God exalting sons, not the bishop, not, you know, all those other titles he, we give ourselves, but it's the, it's the manifestation. God is looking to exalt sons and bring sons to the forefront in government, sons to the forefront in economics, sons to the forefront in education, sons to the forefront in police reform, sons, sons to the forefront of every sector that needs to be transformed. God is looking for sons. And if we don't manifest the church, if we don't manifest sons, then stuff like that is going to be it's going to happen. Yeah. If we don't manifest sons, then we're going to we're not going to see the transformation of our America that God desires for us to have. It's, it's the church's responsibility to raise up sons. God is after sons. And until we see that, then you're going to have people and a, a person who, who's in that position of power to be able to abuse that power and force citizens to do things that we know that's not right to do. That's where it starts. That's deep. That's deep. Any thought about that? I mean, it's, it's, it's just. I, OK, I, I do have a thought on that. So so. More more of a question, actually. Mm -hmm. So. Putting everything that we've discussed together, right, we need. We need the funds to be able to put people in place to enact or to to engage the the policies and procedures that we need to restore us right that that's what we're effectively saying mm -hmm. and reparations is the beginning of that where Who who do we who do we specifically target? What's the demographic hmm. that needs to that that we need to get to the most? Right. So with this. Right. So so um, remember we talked about the book called Crossing the Chasm, right? The chasm, chasm, however you want to pronounce the H or not. But um, so there's there's five demographics within a market segment. Mm -hmm. There's what you call your innovators. These are those who are on the forefront of making stuff happen, of manifesting, of creating, of producing, of they, I mean, they have an energy, they have a passion, they have an excitement, and, and they're gonna be with you, they're gonna be with you just because the idea of reparations and black people being repaired, right? That's, that's the first aspect that you wanna market to. Our marketing plan is that we have, I'm going to have 150 people. Those are my innovators, my 150 people that I'm sending the book to. Our promotional copies, we're going to send so we, can, so we can connect with that, those innovators, right? Those innovators are now connected to what we call our early adopters. So you, you, we, we're, actually, we're practically giving away stuff to our innovators because, I mean, they're they going to want it, they're going to take it, they're going to dissect it, and then they're going to go out and they're going to propagate it. So that's the first segment of people you want to market to. Then you have what's called your early adopters. And those are ones who, who, who watch innovators and see what they're doing and how, uh, what are they saying about this and, and how are they running with this. 
and what, what, what are the results or the outcomes? And what are they saying is going, how is this going, what is this going to mean to our society? What is this going to mean to my life? So then you, we go from once we reach those innovators and we connect with them, now we go after the early adopters, those who are watching the innovators. And we say, you see what's happening within the innovator um, segment and how this is impacting their life and how, how passionate and how energetic they are about it. And we actually win over those early adopters. Once we get done with the early adopters, then you have what you call your early, um, ah, what's the phrase? It's the, it's the, uh, it's the, it's one of the largest of the two segments. It's your, your um, innovators. We have our early adopters. Then you have your early majority, right? Okay. You have your early majority. And, and that's the 33% we talked about. Um, these are those who are, who are moved by what they see innovators doing and what they see the early adopters doing. So you got to kind of break it down in that and go through that process where we deal with those those hungry folks, those innovators. Yeah. Right. The ADOS family, American Descendants of Slaves family, the the uh, National Coalition of Church for Reparations and all the other organizations that's for reparations. You know, you, you connect with them and we connect with those those groups and we say now is the time. And, and the one thing that I, I, I personally in, in my research and I could be having come across everything, but but. But the one element that's really been missing is the the comprehensive perspective of God in the fight for reparations. And that's why it's the church's responsibility to bring that to the organization that's not connected to the church. But a comprehensive perspective of God when it comes to this fight. And that's what we're bringing when it comes to the, the reparations now and why. We're answering the questions to why God is saying repair black America now. Now is the time. And so once we market to those innovators and we and we captured the early adopters and now we're able to we're able to uh, integrate and bring in the early majority to us. Then you have a later majority that follows that procession. And then ultimately you have what they call the laggards, which are those who, you know, follow behind. After everybody else jump on, then it's like the, those are your bandwagoners. Those are people. Oh, I've been a part of the fight. You know, once reparations come out. That's when the laggards gonna come alive, right? right? Those folks who who wasn't willing to sacrifice, wasn't willing to take the to, to, to be a voice, but now they they see the benefits. Oh, they gonna want to be a part of it now. Right. So we reach out to those those segments or those market segments in those order in that order, and I believe that's how we that's how we spread. That's how we begin to swell, and that may take a year. That may take a year or two, you know. But I think it can happen. It can happen now within the regime, within the administration that we currently have. Like we go to the Democrats and say, y'all, we got y'all. We got y'all all the power you need to repair black America. Now we do it. But, you know, that process is important. You know, the sons of God is first, though. When the sons of God in the church, you need to see the problem is the challenge. That is uh, the church, the sheep, they follow the voice of anybody. They follow the voice of everything but sons. See, God speaks through sons. Look at what you said. He speaks through sons. And if you're not, if you don't, if you don't represent the character of a son, then God ain't speaking to you. He says, in these last days, God has spoken unto us by his son. Sonship. See, sonship is the qualification that, that we must have in order for God to use me to speak to us. To be what we call a prophetic voice. We follow in prophets that's not demonstrating sonship, which gets us out of balance. Right? We're following, we're following people who are coming with these, thus saith the Lord, like, like all them folk. Like, like I can do it now, says Avi. 
all them folk that was prophesying that Donald Trump was going to win and Donald Trump is this and all them, all them folk that's out there that's coming against other from other believers that ain't that ain't prophesying, that's not saying what they're saying about Donald Trump being the president. All them folk, they missed it. How you can say it. They missed it. What do we miss it at, though? What do we miss it at? And I've been holding this word back for a while. And I'm speaking as a son. I'm speaking prophetically. I've been holding this back for a while because I wanted to be sure. And there still are some who ain't gave up yet. There's still some who are talking about by, by, by January 20th, he, Donald Trump will be named. Okay. All right. Whatever. But <laughs> the, the experience that, 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 and I'll share this, that came up when the election was officially over or the day or two afterwards, they had Sister Paula White was on TV praying, right? Praying in tongues, calling for the angels from Africa, all kind of stuff she was going through, right? Yeah. And so they was mocking her, you know, mocking out on social media. So I saw some of that stuff, right? But then I also saw the next day a post in, the, in, in one of the magazines. It might have been uh, Google. It said Donald Trump's advisor, spiritual advisor, and had her, you know, picture of her on stage, you know, doing the thing. And that thing, and that thing struck me. His spiritual advice. Now I knew of some of the behind the scenes things that goes on just because of my connection to the body of Christ. There's a brother out of Cleveland that was a part of his spiritual team. So he had a team of believers, um, a very prominent team of believers that he would meet with and talk to regularly. That was supposedly advising him on, not, you know, a lot, not just spiritual matters, but affairs in the country. Right. And so when I saw that, I'm like, Lord, man, that is that is something significant. They, they're saying it, but they, they're saying it in a negative way. So I took the thing to prayer and I'm like, well, Lord. Folks was right in 2016. We can't deny that. They was right. They prophesied. They was right. You got to give them that. They, they, they was right on. But what happened this time? And I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. Went to pray and this thought came to me. I wasn't even praying about it, but the thought rose up. They didn't advise him properly. Mm. And the thought of Paula White came to mind. And that was just her, but it was all the people that was around him that was a part of his spiritual circle. They didn't advise him properly. I'm like, well, Lord, what does that mean? So I got to thinking on it, right? And everything, and at the time now, we're in the middle of writing a book and everything that's going on. So I'm filtering all everything I get from the Lord now I'm filtering through the revelation he's giving me as a part of his will for black America to be reparated. And so I'm like, okay. Next thought comes to me. We as a body hasn't, we didn't receive or we haven't perceived the signs of the times properly. What's the signs of the times? Well, we bring that out in the book. God's timetable of how he relates to nations that have been oppressed. He showed me that in the book. We didn't properly receive it. I think he, God told the Pharisees, Jesus told the Pharisees in the God, one of the gospels that he says, you're able to, you, 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 you don't understand or you missed it because you, don't have, you haven't perceived the signs of the times. Well, the signs of the times, and we bring this out in the book, that it's been 400 years. 400 years is, is power, it's a powerful time frame for God to bring deliverance to an oppressed people. Right? 400 is a, is a derivative of, of eight jubilees, eight 50-year cycles. The number eight is the number of new beginnings, right? Jubilee is the, is the uh, 50 is the number of um, restitution and reconciliation and debt cancellation and economic empowerment. It's Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. Jubilee is the, is the, is the festival or the, or the, um, 
the feast that God put in place or the the action um, that God put in place to break generational poverty, to break economic oppression is Jubilee. So 400 is is a specific time frame that God uses to bring deliverance to nations. Had Donald Trump's spiritual advisors had been aware of the signs of the times when it came to black America and they had advised him, you need to take care of black America. You need to reparate black America. You need to put some policies in place that's going to see that black America get, get, get reparated. How do you think this election would have turned out? Could have turned out a lot different. Yeah. If black America is responsible, if we're claiming responsibility for getting Biden mm. and, and Kamala in office, yeah. Yeah. if Trump would have been advised properly by his spiritual advisor who should be aware of the signs of the times. Yeah. But then we got to wonder why ain't they aware? Mm. Why aren't they aware? What's blocking their awareness? See, we talked about it last week that the, the gospel is so clear, it's so powerful, it's so strong. When, uh, and salvation is so strong when it comes to repairing, it, when it comes to uh, dealing with the poor and their poverty and repairing those who've been injured, that Jesus didn't have to say a word to Zacchaeus. Just being in the presence. Like if we claim to be in the presence of God so much and we're not aware of the signs of the times, something has to be blocking it. I'm not denying you in the presence. I'm not going to deny that. I'm going to give you that much because you was right in 2016. Right. So I'm not saying you're not, you're not hearing from God, but something is blocking you from hearing what God wants in this time, in this age. Can't be nothing but white supremacy. They could have heard it, but it could have been too radical to where they don't want to be the first ones to say it. Could have been that. We'll give them that. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. You're being nice to them, sis. I appreciate <laughs> that. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But what's blocking that? What's blocking that? What's keeping that from coming forth, right? What's keeping that? And, and so the word the Lord gave me is he wasn't properly advised. If he was properly advised, then he would have done something. And, 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 and the people that would have gave him a plan to reparate black America, now he went over black America. Now he went over black America. Now instead of, instead of him, black America giving all the energy, putting all their votes into the Biden administration, we give them to him. That's how the game is played. So what I'm saying is the church, once again, was in a position to influence how America and how our society can be governed, but we dropped the ball again. So all them folk that's been blaming the church, you ain't praying hard enough, and this really, I've heard some of them talk about this, this is really a, a evidence that the church is still childish, blaming the church because we didn't pray hard enough, we didn't show up in D.C., we didn't, uh, we didn't do that, blaming the church for their prophecy not coming to pass. Ooh. Right? Blaming the church for not fighting and going to war hard enough, coming down on Sister Beth Moore on Twitter because she's calling out the, you know, the the far left thinking of some of the church leadership that just just missed it, missed it in his and properly advising them is what I'm saying. I don't even know if they missed it by saying he was supposed to be president again. I, I can't say they missed it in that. I think where they really missed it is improperly advising them. Which the outcome of that is him not being the president. Right. And he contributed with some of his foolishness, too. Right. But I mean, the essence of it is if the church leadership. And I don't know. I know one guy was black around him. I don't know how many other ones was it, but 
But the predominant folks that was around, like Paula White been having Bible study with them before he was president. She'd been doing Bible study in his house for years, right? To properly advise him was the key. He wasn't properly advised to do for black America because they didn't recognize the signs of the time. Now, listen, God is serious. He's vehemently, I'm talking about insatiably uh, invigorated to heal black America. And if you ain't with it, he put you getting out of there. If you ain't with it, he gonna deal with you. If Biden and Kamala ain't with it, they out. That's that's how we gotta think, right? If church leadership, if you ain't with it, you you going you going out, you get out. You you if you got a, a, a for example, you got a, a worldwide ministry. If you ain't with it, then your ministry won't be worldwide no more. God is about to raise up sons who are fighting for Black America, and that's that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm hearing, and I don't care who ain't with it. I don't care who ain't in support of it. It's thus saith the Lord. And the book brings all of this out. Very well said. Yeah. Very well said. Okay. Any last thoughts about the book? Uh, no, other than other than we we got our final um, approval, we gave our final approval for the changes that would need to be made. And uh, Monday Monday, we should be giving our okay to go to our first print. Um, we haven't made up, we, we got to talk about how we want to market it for that's part of it. Um, we got to meet on Monday to talk about like, do we need 200 promotional copies? Do we need 300? How many promotional copies do we need? How many people do you want to send the book to Demaris? And again, those will be the innovators, mm -hmm. right? Excuse me. Those are those who I, who I know that are already ready to run with it. I'm going to send them promotional copies and, um, and connect with them. So uh, right now I'm at like 115 people. So I may just go to 150, 150 or 200 but I want to send them promotional copy and I want to send them We Value Black Life stuff. So part of our promotional package will be, you know, a book, um, uh, uh, a letter and a We Value Black Life, some type of gear or something that so they can see that God values black life. And he is so concerned about black America right now. That is on, that is his primary agenda right now. It's black America in America is black America. He ain't talking about nothing else. He don't want to hear nothing else. First thing you all got to do is get my people right. Get my people right. That's what's on God's heart. And the book, the book is going to promote that. The book is going to bring that out. And I really think everybody, I mean, every believer, and this is not just me writing it, but every believer needs to grasp and get a grasp on what the Lord is saying to us today. And we, and we bring it out in reverence now and why. Perfect. All right. So this has been another episode of Salvation Solutions. Until next time, be blessed and continue to stay safe.